0: Well, to the graduates that are left here in the room, some of them went out to get bagels this morning just like, you know, seniors in high school do, like come to the thing and then bolt, man, get out of here. And I love it, that's awesome, I'm really glad, and I told them if they go do that, they have to be back here for the next one. So, uh, hey, congratulations to all of you who are graduates uh, this year, whether it's uh, high school or college, or uh, who knows, maybe uh, you've just completed your master's degree, way to go, and congratulations and Godspeed on the next chapter of your life. Um, Good morning, my name's Todd Cullen, I'm the lead pastor, for those of you I don't know. uh, Glad that you're here this morning, Uh, we are continuing in a series that we're calling do something and we started last week myself and Todd Cooper began this series uh, challenging uh, uh, those of you who are in the next generation to find out how you can pour into the next generation that's behind you and so I want to invite you to go uh, listen to our podcast on that as we're uh, in this four-week series on do something a bit of a pep rally before summer okay to keep you guys engaged and focused on on uh, God's plan and today that's what I want to focus on is God's plan uh, for your life. Now today's message may seem like it's geared for those uh, of you uh, who are here and kind of like in a new phase of life and it is uh, but it really is geared for all of you at any age in any stage of your life. And uh, today you'll be receiving something that goes right along with my message as you leave today as a gift. And it's, uh, it's a little bookmark that we have for you guys. I'll reference it later. But uh, you'll be receiving these with the five points that we're going to talk about today. Uh, how many of you who are in here um, who have already graduated from high school, whether it was last year or decades ago how many of you remember yeah no I'm not asking how many of you graduated but that's cool thank you thank you thank you that's good that's good that's awesome uh how many of you remember the uh, the speech that was given at your commencement address how many of you how many of you remember that spe- <laughs> who who he's Andy says who yeah what what speech awesome there's one thank you uh, I remember mine too it's about the only thing I remember from high school but um we, you know look here's the deal when, when you're a senior um, you're focused on on really one thing and one thing only when you're a senior in high school and, and that is to what get out I heard someone say that get out right I like as my graduation approached, you know what I was focused on making sure I could like across the platform that's what i was focused on in the last weeks leading up to my graduation because i was you know right there no i'm just kidding i really wasn't but there were a few classes i was right there on i had to make sure i was all good and then you graduate and graduation comes and it's a bit of a blur because it's you know it's really like all about the parents celebrating that soon you'll be gone am i right moms and dads like right yeah that's what graduation is really about uh and uh so for me it was a bit of a blur um but i I attended a christian school uh very similar to some of you whose kids attend uh, hilton head christian academy uh in atlanta and our commencement speaker was a guy by the name of ravi zacharias and uh ravi spoke at our commencement he lived in atlanta he went to church actually at the church that i attended at the time he went to church and uh, he was, many of you know, he's an, a Christian apologist now. And uh, Ravi's just an amazing, amazing mind in the Christian world, even today, uh, 20, wow, five years later. And uh, he's just an amazing guy. And I remember kind of the tone of his speech was live your life for the defense of the gospel, and as you do it, make the most of your life. That was kind of in a nutshell what he spoke on. Now, he had. Five points, and he had arguments, and I don't remember any of that. But I remember kind of the general gist of what he said, and uh, it had an impact on me in that it had echoed um, a lot of what I heard from my school. Uh, In fact, I've got a classmate right back here, Devin Bradley, who attends our church, uh, uh, is back there at our school and at my church growing up. Uh, church very similar to this, where um, we, they really emphasized um, how to understand what God wants for your life and how to make decisions that are wise, that are filled with wisdom, how to make decisions that um, will, uh, you know, push you further into what his will for your life is. But I, I got to be honest with you for a moment. Um, Finding and, and discovering and knowing and pursuing God's will um, for our lives is not always an easy thing to do, right? Uh, I, I have a friend, uh, a very close friend of mine, who he and I were talking about this one day. And he said, "I when you start talking, Todd, about God's will, um, now he, he went to the same school that I went to, like same church I went to, good friend of mine. He said, I really am struggling with what you're talking about. Because I don't know what you mean when you say you know, that I really sense that God's will for my life is fill in the blank. He said, I don't know what that means. And so even like describing God's will is sometimes um, kind of difficult to do and difficult to figure out. And I'm going to try to do it here in a moment. But I, I think this, and here's how it relates to our message series, Do Something. Um, there is a time in life um, that you and I have to prepare to do God's will. I mean, there's a time in life when it's time to do what he asks us to do. That's what last week's message was. That's what the next two weeks' messages are. But sometimes in life, and I would say often and throughout life, there are times that you and I need to make an adjustment in discovering what God wants for our life, to become kind of like centered or in alignment where our desires connect with what he wants for our lives. Saying that sounds great. Discovering that, staying in that, like pursuing that is much more difficult. But the message that I heard from Ravi that night echoed the message that I heard from my youth pastor, Jeff Cranston, who helped get this church started, who uh, came here in 1997, I believe, and, and uh, pastored a church called the Church at Hilton Head that is now Low Country Community Church that gave us our birth, um, and he is he's there. I sat with him yesterday, had breakfast with him yesterday, um, and uh, Jeff and I are still good friends to this day. He was my youth pastor growing up. He spoke it. There were many people, our pastor, uh, uh, Fred Hartley, was a pastor of that church. We had many people um, that were speaking this same message of making wise decisions and how to find God's will. But it is sometimes extremely difficult. In fact, what my friend ended up saying is that finding God's will is like finding a needle in the haystack in the dark. And sometimes I get that. It is. And you don't have your iPhone to turn on the light to find it. It's hard to discover what that is. And so today I want to talk a little bit about God's will, what that means. And I got to tell you, it doesn't matter whether you're a graduate right now or whether like you're about ready to get married or you've had a major change in your life or you have a career change, whether you're you're, you know, in your teens, whether you're in your 20s, Or 80s, it doesn't matter because um, here's one principle that I think we all um, can learn and many of you know is that there's always time in life, whether you're 80 years old or whether you're 18 years old, to make a wise decision. There's always time to make a wise decision. But you always have time to make the wrong decision, don't you? You always have time in life to make the wise decision, but you also always have time to make the wrong decision. And so today's message about doing something is preparing to do something great for God. And, And in preparing to do something great for God, how in the world do you find out what the creator of the world wants you or wants me to do with our lives? This was a message that was birthed several decades ago um, in, in the life of a guy that was in our church, Lilburn Alliance Church in the Atlanta area, and he, he passed it on to Jeff, and Jeff took it, and he, he talked to us every May um, uh, near this time of year about these things and how to make wise decisions, and it's one of my favorite messages, and I've developed it a little bit and made it my own because it was so important Um, In my life and now in my family's life, it helped me determine um, what major to pursue in college. And even through the decision to change that at least twice throughout college, all right? Um, What career path I was gifted for and I was suited for. It helped me to uh, ask a young lady who I fell in love with my freshman or my sophomore year in college to marry me. And and by the way, that's my wife of 21 years in a few weeks, Cynthia, who was up here earlier. Uh, So um, I've used this same message and lesson um, to determine uh, several different moves that we have had. And and we've used this kind of grid or lesson or message to to determine four different major moves that we've had in our our family over the years. Um, When to have kids. To the extent that you can plan that thing, how to raise them. More importantly, uh, uh, what what um, we God wanted us to do. Choosing four different, or excuse me, five different churches over the 21 years that we've been married in four different cities. Um, deciding to to pursue together, myself and Cynthia, um, this thing called ministry. Um, but most importantly in my life, and, and maybe right there next to who I was going to marry, was really kind of figuring out. What God wanted for me in my life, and I'll tell you this before we dive into what this all means and and how to determine this, is that in my life, when I was about 16 or 17 years old, I began to feel a call into the ministry, what I'm doing today, and I I got discouragement from a, a variety of different places. Even though I went through this process we're going to talk about here, how to kind of make that decision and determine God's will, I got discouragement. And so for 10 years, I ran from God on this issue, for 10 years. And it wasn't until I was about 26 that I was completely miserable in a job that I was making good money in and completely miserable with my life that I went, wait a minute. God said to do this and I'm not doing it. And I confirmed it, and he's going to pursue me until he finds me, and he's going to do the same with you. And it doesn't necessarily mean ministry. For many of you, this is what career path you're, you're going to pursue. Perhaps for some of you, what career path you're going to switch to. Been there in my late 20s and did that, and it's not a lot of fun for many of you it's it's pursuing you know what what degree to pursue or what masters degree to pursue or for some of you it's determining you know where you move as you head into retirement or you're in the middle of retirement and things changed and do you have to go back to work and is that what god's calling you to do my prayer is is that you all and myself would use this to determine um, how we can make right decisions and decisions that God's pleased with. I want to talk about God's will for a moment. And by the way, uh, the notes uh, are are on online, and you can go, you can download the app, you can get online, do whatever you need to do to do that. But um, I want to encourage you also to take notes. And of course, you'll be able to take this away that has these landing lights of determining God's will. Uh, I, I want to just mention this about God's will because it is so difficult to figure out. I want to oversimplify this and state this. And this in on the screens. It's actually not in your notes. It's it's a freebie, okay? But this is like God's will overly simplified, and I realize you may send me some mail, I'm cool with that, that's fine, send it my way. Like, this is overly simplified, it may not be theologically correct, but this will give us a guideline for what God's will is, just to begin with today. Uh, I believe that God's will, within the context that he gives all of us free will to choose the path of our lives, doesn't he? He gives us free will to choose the path, path of our lives, but God's will, I believe, is his desire for the course of your life, his dreams for the purpose of your life, and, and lastly, his want or desire for the decisions that you make in life. For the decisions that you make in life. And so often we approach these small or or even you know uh, life-changing decisions, and we just kind of choose what we feel like we want to do or what someone else says that we should do, and, and you know, like someone that, that, like, doesn't know anything about anything, and, and we just make these random choices. And I believe God's word that he gave to us, inspired by his Holy Spirit, um, men and women writing it, gives us a blueprint, a path, to make some of these most major decisions in life that we can make. And so I want to answer that question today. How can I know if I'm making the right decision in my life? Now, look, we've all done pros and cons, haven't we? We've all done pros and cons. You make a list of pros and cons, you add up the cons, you add up the pros. If the pros outpace the cons, you go for it. Because the other way around, you don't do it. <laughs> or if you really want to do it and the cons still win, you still do it anyway. That's how we, as humans, go about making decisions. Like, Right? Am I right? Like, yeah, I know the cons won out, but I want to do this anyway, so I'm going to do it. And I don't want you and I don't want me and I don't want these new graduates or, or any of you at any phase um, to make the worst decision of your life. Let's make wise decisions. Let's search God's word for what he wants for our lives. How can I know that I'm making the right decisions in my life? I've, I've stated these in the form of, 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 a, of a state or a, a question, like a, uh, almost like a statement um, based on God's word, but I'm going to give you a one or two word kind of key word so that you can remember them more easily. Here are the five suggested landing lights to guide you as you prayerfully consider what decisions you should make. First and foremost, I think that we have to filter it through this. I have sought the advice of multiple people that exhibit wisdom with regard to the decisions that I'm making. I have sought the advice of multiple people that exhibit, say that word with me, wisdom, wisdom, with regard to the decision that I'm making. I call this first landing light godly counsel. And the word of God has so much to say uh, about wisdom. In fact, my my um, one of my pastors that I look up to and listen to a lot is a guy named Andy Stanley, and and he says that people don't even get to this point; uh, that they just make a decision. They don't ask what the wise thing to do is. But I got to tell you, if you and I have um, people that are wise in their counsel around us, and we seek their advice and, and their thoughts on which direction we should go or what the plan is as they see it, then, then we're kind of like starting out if we do that in a much better place than if we just choose or base it on someone who has not displayed wisdom in making decisions in their life. The Bible has so much to say about this. Proverbs 15, verse 22. Check this out. Without counsel, plans, what's that next word? Fail. Fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. Without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. You know, I I believe that if we are going to make decisions that line up with what God desires for our lives, um, that first and foremost, we've got to surround ourselves with, with a team of people that are going to help us make that decision. Now, for some of you, that may mean 10 people. For some of you, it may mean two or three. But I believe it needs to be a, a number of people that will help um, bring all perspectives perspectives and, and give you good counsel and advice. And um, it's it's similar to a corporation or a company that would develop a a group of people called a board of advisors or or a a board of directors that help direct that company. Listen, if if corporations and companies and businesses need counsel in how to do business, then so should we in the more important decisions we make in life. Am I right? The decision to choose a mate or a career path or where to move or what place to buy, how we manage our money. Um, Solomon also writes of this theme, in Proverbs eleven fourteen, um, he says, "Where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in abundance of counselors, in an abundance of counselors, there is say that last word with me, safety." Okay. Now I want to make it a, a, a kind of make a distinguishing fact here, a distinguishing uh, thought here. Uh, I, I believe that God is not always going to call you to make the decision that's safe. If if God called us to always make a decision in life that's safe, you would not be in this room and this church would not exist. And some of you who have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior over the past few years or grown in your faith walk may not have had that opportunity. And you can take that example and apply it to your life. If you always made safe decisions, then X wouldn't have happened. I went to college at Liberty University and um, I remember I've mentioned this as an illustration before but it fits in perfectly. Uh, the, the man who started it has since passed away, passed away in 2007, but Jerry Falwell who started Liberty University, this was a college for, for a weekend and he was uh, he was speaking to the parents and the students and it was a relatively small group of people uh, that were there in February of 1990 uh, before uh, I got there and uh, he, he was doing a Q&A session and one of the, one of the parents asked him as a pastor of a large church um, like would you do this again start a university like with all the challenges and disappointments and and people kind of railed on this man and it was just really bad for him for a while they said would you ever do it again and I think everybody in the room was expecting him to say absolutely he said no way not in a million years I would never do it again (laughs) it's cost my family and myself and my kids so much there's a man who surrounded himself with good counsel and sometimes the decision that we're called to, that God calls you to in a business or perhaps with your family or making a major decision about finances isn't always the safe decision, but here's the point. I believe that God wants you to go to the, through the process of having safety in the decision-making process. Do you see the distinction there? That the process of that decision There needs to be safety within that. He may call you to sell everything and go to the other side of the earth to be a missionary. That is not safe, but it's happened before, hasn't it? It's not safe at all. But The people who use godly counsel can find safety within that decision. Safety uh, within that counsel. I love the words that are used there uh, in Solomon. He's, Solomon says this in, in Proverbs eleven fourteen. Where there's no guidance, a people falls. The word that's used there, get this, I love this. The word that's used literally means in the original language to suffer defeat, failure, or ruin. <laughs> so Solomon's essentially saying, if you go out and make every decision by yourself without weighing in godly counsel, essentially you're headed for ruin, destruction, and failure. There's no safety in that decision-making process. On the contrary, in the abundance of counselors, there's safety. The word safety in the, in the original language means preserving from harm or unpleasantness. Preserving from harm or unpleasantness. Listen, when we go it on our own, when we make decisions by ourselves, um, we almost always will end in failure. And there almost always is harm that will come uh, with that. But making a decision, even if you've heard the counsel of all those people in your life, your board of advisors that provides wisdom, um, and even if you've heard from them and God says to do something that's slightly different, and you're absolutely like, know that by these other things we're about ready to talk about, and you do it, at least you have put in all the different advice and counsel from those people of wisdom in your life. Find your board of advisors. And throughout life, that may change from time to time. There may be people who roll on and off of that board of advisors, but we all need to have a personal board of advisors. Secondly is the idea of inner desire. Now, I'm going to read the statement, and you're going to go, wait a minute, that's not inner desire. But I want to read it, and then I want you to connect with it. This is great. Point number two, how to make the right decision, how to make the godly decision, um, you need to ask yourself, this question, or, or be able to make this statement. I'm in a good place in my relationship with God, which means I'm consistently spending time with Him in prayer and in His Word. Now, how in the world is that inner desire? Listen, I, I remember when I was faced with the idea of pursuing, just going on ahead and pursuing business. Um, in my like, mid-twenties, mid to late-twenties, and pursuing what I, I knew that God wanted, and that was some sort of form of ministry, I, I remember um, saying, I, I don't need to make that decision now because I couldn't make this statement. Are you with me? Like, I was far from God for a while there. I was running from him. I mean, I'm not talking about, like, sin, like, habitual sin or lifestyle sin, but, you know, like, running from what he wants you to do is just kind of the same thing, Right? And I was running. I wanted to, you know, make a lot of money and have great cars and a really big house. And my pursuits were not his pursuits. And if we can say that we're in a good place in our relationship with God, and we're consistently spending time in prayer and in his word, our inner desire will reflect what he wants. And for some of you, that is to be in business and to pursue uh, like being the best that you can be at your in your company and you're in your corporation or in your small business and to do it with everything you've got and honor God through um, everything that you do in those business practices and in giving back to him and so on and so forth. And for some of you, it may just be ministry. For some of you, it may be what career you're gonna choose. Um, There was a statement um, that I heard Andy Stanley make, and it was attributed to like 20 different people. That's what pastors do, by the way. You know that, right? Like someone said, and it's not really that person. But anyway, we never try to figure it out. But uh, I heard this said, never doubt in the darkness what you knew to be true in the light. And listen, if you and I, if you're a Christ follower in here, and you're pursuing his word, and you're spending time um, with him in prayer, your desires are going to reflect his desires there's going to be a passion about what you're doing that's going to like, exceed and, and supersede anything else. I, I love being a pastor. I really do. It's not an easy job all the time, but I love being a pastor. But on the days I really get sideways, you know what I can look at? I can look at my own personal life. And on those days that I'm like, I'm ready to throw in the towel, I can make a lot more money elsewhere. I can do this, that, and the other. Let me do something else. Forget about this. This job, you know, take this job and shove it. That's the old phrase, you know, come on. I mean, look, we've all been there, haven't we? Haven't we? Be honest. But in my life, I can look at those times that I, I've rejected doing something that I know I'm made to do and that I love to do, and those are times that I'm not in his word enough and I'm not spending enough time with him. And I'm off in terms of my connection with him. That inner desire is, is, is born out of spending time with him. Look at Psalm 37, 4 through 5. I, I, I love this. Uh, in, in Psalm 37, 4 through 5, the psalmist says, Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. That, that verse 4, when it says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Um, do you notice this? I want you to notice this for a moment. Just stop for a moment. There's a premise, and there's a promise there. Don't miss that if you if you don't hear anything I'm saying today. There's a premise there. We want God to answer like what we want first, we, we want like the desires of our heart to be met by God. And the psalmist puts it in order on perfect because sometimes God's obedience ha- have a premise and a promise. The premise is, is that if you and I find our delight in him first, then he will give us the desires of our heart. Not the other way around. We can't expect God to just be, you know, that uh, just that like you know, lottery ticket of like fulfilling all of our desires if we just want to live our lives the way we want to live them. And and He says there, if, we, if you delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. I want to encourage um, many of you um, who are here today. Um, and you're a Christ follower, but if you were really honest with yourself, like if you really got introspective, you'd say, man, my relationship with the Lord is just kind of stagnant or dead. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to, to go home today, um, get up tomorrow morning, and just begin by opening this book. Just begin by grabbing your iPhone or device or computer and getting on Version and picking a plan and pursuing it. And begin to develop that and I think once you do that once you um, begin to pursue him then your desires are gonna fall in line with him some of you have been a Christ follower for a long time and you've never been baptized look it took me a long time I was six when I said yes to Jesus and I accepted him as my Savior and I was about 22 when when I got baptized well today for some of you that inner desire like getting that lined up um, means being baptized it's not required for salvation, okay? I want you to hear that, but man, it's that it's that first step of obedience that Jesus commands in His Word, and you can come out today at Caligny. Um, we do like public baptisms, like in the most public beach on a beautiful sunny day that you can find. And so we go down to Caligny, and uh, you can get there at 3 o'clock, get there a little bit early because it takes a while to park, okay? And come on down there. We're going to have a flag down there with our, our logo. You can find us. Man, maybe maybe for you, it's getting that in alignment. Many of you came to the class. we got about 20 people who are going to be baptized today on the beach at 3 o'clock. Isn't that awesome? And, and so if you want to, Absolutely. <laughs> Come on out and be a part of that. Um, I, I want to encourage you on that. Okay, quickly. Uh, outside circumstances is point number three. Outside circumstances, um, uh, the circumstances surrounding the decision that I'm having to make have easily come together without me having to manipulate or make them happen. My dad was a Type A through the roof, like, and he taught me like, if you want something, you go for it and you kick the doors down, which is great, good advice. Except when that door is something that God didn't want you knocking on in the first place. How many of you have kicked down doors? I'm not asking you to raise your hand, okay? How many of you have kicked down doors before that were your desire, but man, it wasn't what God wanted for your life? The cir- if I'm making the right decision. I'm making the God-centered decision if the circumstances surrounding my decision have easily come together without me having to manipulate or make them happen. In my life, um, the most telling example of this is when we were living in new york city and i remember um i was the the um like like executive pastor of this new church and um so i one of the things that i saw is i saw our finances and in new york city it cost a lot of money and, and in new york city we were spending a lot of money and and it was just going out the door and i remember seeing all this happening and i was like you know like a little concerned like very concerned you don't sell everything and move your family to New York City and, you know, a year later run out of money. And I remember meeting with my pastor, Aaron, one day, and he, he said, man, I, I think it's time for you and I to look at other work uh, part-time because uh, the money's going fast. And I'm like, yeah, I see it every day. Thank you for letting me know that. <laughs> You're right about that. And there were a couple other factors that weighed in there. The very, very next day, I got a call from Jeff Cranston. And he said, I want you and Cynthia to pray about moving to Hilton Head Island to help us start a church on the island as we've moved to Bluffton. If those circumstances begin to line up in your life, pay attention to that. Don't ignore that. That's not karma or just like chance. That is God beginning to line up the decision for you to make to either go for it or not. We almost moved to Baltimore instead of Hilton Head Island. I went down, I was pursuing it. There was an opportunity in Baltimore, and, and things were just disjointed. It just wasn't sinking into what was going on, the decision process. And that was God saying, No. <laughs> And then almost 10 years later, I'm glad that he has us down here on Hilton Head Island instead of Baltimore. No offense to Baltimore, but are the circumstances surrounding the decision that you're making, have they easily come together or did you have to manipulate them to make them happen? Listen, Romans 8.28 says, We know that for those who love God, all things work together for the good, for those who are called according to his purpose. He will guide you, and he'll arrange those outside circumstances. And if you try to make a decision that's against the grain of what God is doing in your life, that's a bad decision to make. For those of you who are golfers, it's like putting against the grain. And it can be a bumpy ride. It can be a scary ride. Number four. Number four. Scriptural confirmation. I have a verse or verses in the Bible that support the direction I need to go with this decision. Listen, 2 Timothy 3.16 says all scripture is breathed out by God. And it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. We need to seek God's word out and not just randomly, not just like, you know, oh, okay, I'm just going to, like, open the word of God and go, okay, what am I supposed to hear? What if you, what if you came on this verse, John 18, 10, just open the, the word of God. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and stuck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. <laughs> that doesn't work too well, does it? Okay, so don't just open God's word and just go, boom, right there, okay? That is, talk about dangerous. That is dangerous, okay? I yeah, Trust me. <laughs> seek out what he wants by spending time in his word and get confirmation from his word on what you're supposed to do and that decision that you're supposed to make. And then lastly, the fifth one. After praying about this decision, I am confident in my heart, in my mind, through God's Holy Spirit, that this is the decision that I'm supposed to make. If you've prayed about it, and I call this one the leading of God's Holy Spirit, a multitude of counselors, inner desire, leading of God's Holy Spirit, outside circumstances, these are all the types of things that will lead to you and I finding God's will and not just randomly living God's li- uh, living your life. Um, Philippians 4, 7 says, "In the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If God is calling you to do something and he has given you scriptural confirmation, he's given you a multitude of counselors, if he's arranged those outside circumstances, if it is something that you actually do desire, then you get down to it and the only thing left is to have a peace that comes from the Holy Spirit. And I guarantee you, if you decide, um, if, or if, if God gives you that peace, and you move forward, you are in the sweet spot of his will for your life. Those lights will line up. And so as many of you prepare to do something for him, whether it's with your finances, with a major decision, with your career, with your families, or even here within the body of Christ, which we're going to talk about next week, please don't miss miss next week because this is where the rubber meets the road. It doesn't matter how big that decision is, how small it is. If you do these things, you will find out what God's word is. And I promise you, every time in my life that I have not done this, um, I've made a poor decision. And every time that I've walked through these steps, and yes, it takes a little bit longer, and yes, it's a little, little, little bit laborious, but if you do this, you'll find his will for your life. Would you pray with me this morning? God, I thank you for those who are here, and whether they're graduates um, of high school uh, a few days ago or a few days coming up, excuse me, or whether they have just graduated college or um, God, whether they're pursuing a a new academic postgraduate degree, or God, if they're making major decisions for their family or for their finances or for their marriage, or God, maybe you're even calling some who are in here today um, to ministry, whether it's short term or full term, full time. Um, God, I pray that you would have each one of us um, walk through these decisions. And God, I pray um, that the the lights would line up as we prepare to do something with our lives for you. And God, I pray that you would allow us not to be random with the decisions that we have to make, with the choices that we are faced with, with the course of our lives, with um, what we want and what you want for our lives. God, I pray that those decisions would just be soaked in, in prayer, God, and they would, be, they would be purposely, intentionally thought through. And God, I pray that you would be with each person who's in this room today who has a key decision to make, God, and they, they're heading into it with a lot of nerves. Um, they're heading into it with the weight of anxiety of whether or not they're going to make the right decision. God, I pray that they would walk away today um, with that bookmark in hand that's supported by Scripture. Um, God, with a five-step process to find out what you desire for their life, whether they're 18 or 80, God, I pray that you would lead us in that. In Jesus' name I pray.